Turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 27 today. Psalm 27. We're going to look at this psalm. This is a psalm that for a couple months now, the Lord has burdened my heart to preach a message from this psalm. In particular, thinking of our graduates at mine. So this psalm, um, each year I choose one, and this is the one that the Lord brought to my attention. And I pray that as it's ministered in my heart, that it would minister in your hearts as well. Psalm 27, a psalm of David. The Bible says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army in a camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, for he will hide me in a shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, please empty me of myself and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that this word... Lord, that would touch the hearts of our graduates, Lord. Encourage them, Lord, to know that they can hold fast, they can stand strong because God is with them. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. What is the one thing that keeps one of our former graduates from staying faithful to God when he's at college and the guys are pressuring him? Oh, what are you doing? You haven't, what are you doing? You're not going to the parties with us. You're not hanging out with the friends group. What is the one thing that keeps him faithful to the Lord? What is the one thing that keeps this girl who is at a workplace and everything about it is anti-God? Everything being spewed out from pornography, from abortion, from LGBT movement. What is that one thing that keeps him constant in the midst of this storm? What is the one thing that helps another teen guy um, when they're going through uh, injury to keep their head up, to not back down, to not get all messed up? What is that one thing? That one thing we find in this psalm, Psalm 27, is that they would seek after the Lord to be in God's presence. We're looking at Psalm 27 today, and this psalm is a psalm of David, and it answers to us what happens when life throws curveballs at us, what happens when life doesn't go the way that we expect, what happens when we feel like we are in the midst of a battle, how do we respond? Well, King David gives us the idea here, and it's confidence fully in the Lord. 
And that's what's going to help you as you guys go out into the future. You guys are very accomplished. And how are you going to stay faithful in the world that is faithless? How are you going to stay faithful when everything around you from our culture is telling you to forsake God? I pray that this psalm, which is a song that the Lord has inspired, would be on the playlist of your heart would be something that you could turn back to and say, yes, this psalm, Lord, this is what I'm going to pray, I'm going to cry over, because I know that you are going to be my light, my salvation, my stronghold. You're going to be the one that I can trust in. We're not sure of the background of this psalm. This could have been when King David was serving in the court of Saul when he was a harpist and Saul had his fits of anger and was trying to spear him to the wall and he fleed away from him. Or it could have been when David's kingdom was possibly going to be taken away from him by his son and David's running away, his own flesh and blood trying to destroy him. Or this psalm could have also been written when David was constantly in fights with the Philistines who were trying to destroy his soul. You see, almost the entirety of King David's life, he was facing a host of enemies, people who desire to do great harm to him. You look at verse 2, when evildoers assail me, what do they want to do? They want to eat up his flesh. They were, uh, our army was encamped around him in verse 3. They were raging war against him. And in the midst of this trouble... King David was able to declare with boldness and confidence that God was his light in his salvations. Graduates, I want you to realize that as much as you may not think, you are in a situation similar to King David because you're entering into a battlefield where a lot of seniors, after they graduate, they depart from the faith. I want you to recognize that you have an enemy that desires so much to destroy your life because here's what he desires. He sees you, that you've grown up in this church, that you've heard good instructions from pastors, and that your parents have tried to order your steps around God. And the thing he wants to do is take you away. You see, John Piper states this. We have a supernatural enemy whose aim is to use pain and pleasure to make us blind, stupid, and miserable forever. You see, this is Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, the accuser, and he uses pain and pleasure. Your generation is called the digital natives. You guys are not millennials. I am one of the last millennials, but I'm old now. You guys are considered Generation Z. You guys means you grew up with technology. I don't have my phone with me, which is surprising. Um, but what I mean by that is the phone, you guys have heard me talk about it in youth ministry, the phone has changed and conformed us in so many different ways with social media and other things, trying to get us to find our identity and self-worth and what other people like or repost about us. So we come to it where we battle an enemy that tries to say to us, Based on social media, you're not good enough. You're not popular enough, strong enough, rich enough, smart enough. Your life is boring, worthless. He tries to use pain and distraction, or Satan also tries to use pleasure. He wants you to be distracted from him, to think that true pleasure isn't in God's hands, but rather can be found apart from God. That God has maybe forgotten about you or he doesn't have your best interests at heart. 
Do you know that Satan's greatest joy, I believe, is to snatch kids who have been born and raised in a Christian home, to take them away? And yet in the midst of this evil, in the midst of this sin-cursed world, I want to declare to you that you have a hope that is the anchor for your soul. That you need not fear, but be, can be courageous like King David, because if you have a one single passion, which is Jesus Christ, you need not fear anything that you face in life. That is the hope I want to give you today, that God is your light, your salvation. You need not fear. First one is this, the Lord is my light. This word light is used in other Psalms. Psalm 18, 28, for it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. Psalm 78, 14, in the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all the night with a fiery light. Light dispels darkness. Uh, my daughter now recently is deathly afraid of the dark. So she will be sleeping in her bedroom, and she's doing all good. But then all of a sudden, she wakes up. Maybe it's 2 in the morning. Maybe it's 3 in the morning. Runs into our bed. I'm the first one up. Is my wife here? Oh, never mind. My wife is the first one up. <laughs> you, did, you just walked in. Um, um, and, Mom, Mom, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. So now my wife went and bought her uh, light, a flashlight. But I'm thinking, I'm too cheap. I don't want to be changing the batteries every day. So I like tech. I went and bought her a solar power flashlight. She can put it out in the sun. But would, it, would I get there that? Because light? Oh, and her grandma just found out yesterday bought her a huge light. So I'm just telling her, why don't we just leave the lights in her bedroom? Like, if she's that afraid. But why do I say this? Light dispels darkness. It enables us to see. When King David says this, what he is saying that the Lord is our light. Jesus also uses this reference in John 9 when he heals the blind man and gives him the ability to see. Okay, Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will have the light of life. As you're going through life, recognize, follow the light, which is Jesus Christ the one who will guide your path. You think about it in the Old Testament that Jesus would, or not Jesus, the Lord, he would guide them with fire, with light. That's what he was guiding them with. Let God be your guide in your life. But not only that, the Lord is your salvation. In Exodus 14, when the Israelites are fleeing from the Egyptians and about to cross the Red Sea, Pharaoh took his army and began to pursue them with horses, with chariots. And the Israelites most likely could feel the pounding on the ground. They most likely could hear the noise of the army fastly approaching them, and they were fearful. But Moses quieted them in Exodus 14, 13. It says this, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only to be silent. You see, the thing here was they were delivered by the Lord. It wasn't in their own strength, in their own ability. Salvation means that deliverance or rescue. 
We don't save ourselves. We can't help ourselves. Let me share a little bit of an embarrassing story with you. Uh, Just recently, my wife and I, we were going to Florida for family vacation, and we wanted to go get sand dollars. Sand dollars are, uh, you have to swim out. They said it was about like from here to the exit sign that you had to swim out. So I'm like, oh, I can do that. I didn't realize it was high tide and it wasn't there to here. It's like here to Pastor Crompton's house. So I'm swimming, I'm swimming, but you guys know I've shared in youth, not really the best swimmer at all. So I'm going there, and I'm thinking, my wife's next to me. I'm saying, hey, if I don't make it, life insurance, make sure to get that Range Rover I told you about. Um, But, yeah, she was like, she was concerned about me. I said, I'll be all right as I'm gulping water. I'll be all right as I'm gulping water. So my wife, I will have to admit, I couldn't rescue myself. You don't hear stories, oh, in the news, a man rescues himself from drowning. You don't hear about that. My wife... Uh, thankfully, she can swim. She had to give me her foam uh, inner tube or whatever so I could keep swimming. And then there's other two girls that were with us, this big, strong, tough Pastor Lardy. I couldn't swim, but they're like, Lawrence, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, shut up, shut up, leave me alone. I'm like, I don't want <laughs> But I was struggling. Why did I say that? I needed someone to rescue me. Rescue is done by someone else. When the Bible says that the Lord is my salvation, he is the one that saves you externally when you're facing that. But what I want to talk to you about also, the Lord is my salvation, and I can't miss an opportunity when we have a time to preach, is that we need to be saved internally as well. You see, the Bible describes that our heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The Bible talks about that none of us are righteous, none understand or seek after God. We were in the midst of destruction, and yet the Lord, who is our salvation, rescued us. He saved us. This truth I want you guys to grasp because it's so important each and every day, you need to remind yourself that God is my salvation. He saved me. That's why in the song for the video, it was one of my favorite songs. It's At the Cross by Brooklyn Tabernacle. And it goes that Jesus came and loved me, took my sin to Calvary. He made a way for me. And now my eyes are open. Since I've come to know him, His great love has set me free. At the cross, my debt was paid. All my sins were washed away. Just for me, amazing grace at the cross. You need to have soundtracks, songs that you can go back to that will remind you constantly what Christ has done for you. You need to have songs that you're singing out loud. Even at times I'll sing in the office, I annoy Pastor Walker, but God is so good, I can't keep from singing. And I want you guys to have songs in your life. You'll see later in the passage that David goes to worship, but you have things in your life that are reminding you of what Christ has done for you. 
We talked about in youth, the good shepherd, Jesus, laid down his life for the sheep, the sheep who run away from him, the sheep that don't desire to obey him, the sheep that at times are dumb, the good shepherd willingly gave his life for you. This, the Lord your light and your salvation, this is why you should not fear. Because whom the Lord loves, the Lord chastens. But not only that, the Lord says nothing can snatch you out of his hands. Nothing is going to get in the way of his love for you. So confidence in facing a world that is chaotic, you have a great salvation. You have a great salvation. And now we come to verse 4. The one thing that I have asked the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David is describing the burden of his heart. He wants to dwell in God's house. He wants to be with God. And in particular, because there wasn't a temple at this time, because he wasn't allowed to build it, He just wanted to be in God's presence with God's people. It's so important for you as you graduate that you still stay connected to a local church because you need not only to worship on your own, but you need the praises of other people that uplift you, the praises of other people that encourage you. You need it in your life. Our one and only desire is to dwell with God. You see, the Bible talks about it in John 15. It talks about that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and we are united with him. And for time's sake, I just want to say this, that we are united or in union with God. Christ is in me and we are in him. So we need not fear or tremble because Christ lives in me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. Okay? When we seek, are we seeking after God? Is that our main goal? Do our affections desire him? Is Christ the goal of your life? The pattern of your life? The passion of your life? The pursuit and reason for your life? What is the one thing that you seek after? The one thing that you desire Is it to be with God? And as pastor said in his prayer, academic success, you may be smart for a while and successful. Look at Jeff Bezos. He's successful, and yet he just had a divorce there. But you have all the money, billions and billions of dollars, but you're still not happy. You can have academic success, athletic success. You can even have a great marriage, but without God, it's nothing. It's nothing. So the one thing that you should desire is to live for God alone. May you commit your lives to doing this. I want you to look at verse 6. I'm going to read the whole thing, but we'll focus on the end. And now, in response to this dwelling in the house of the Lord all his days and gazing upon God's beauty, King David can say this, And now my head shall be lifted up. Above my enemies all around me, and here's my response, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy, and I will sing with melody to the Lord. 
You guys know I get passionate about different things. But one thing I want you to have in your life, too, is the thing that you're most passionate about, the thing that you get most excited about, is Christ, his work in your life. I may be excited because my team won a game, but my joy will never be outweighed for my love for God and seeing him do things in your life. May that be your joy, too. May, may you see, as you guys have seen, your parents pattern it to their pursuit and passion for worshiping the Lord. May you pursue God in the same way. You guys have great examples at home. Follow in their footsteps. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The Lord is your light. The Lord is your salvation. Whom shall you fear? The Lord is a stronghold of your life. You have nothing to be afraid of as you go on into your next steps. Let this psalm be on your playlist of your heart. Let's pray. God, what a blessing it is to be here today with our seniors. I thank you so much for the impact of their parents in our lives, for faithfully desiring their teens to come to church, Lord. And I pray that now we as a church family would still desire to reach out to these graduates to encourage them in their walk with the Lord. I pray that you would just help them to pursue you with all of their heart, to make it their single focus, to know and follow hard after you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.